Hello and welcome to Stories from India, a podcast where we talk about myths, legends and folk tales from India. I'm your host Narad Muni and I'm a mythological character myself. I have the gift of eternal life and knowledge of the past, the present and the future. By profession, I'm a traveling musician and a storyteller. So the way I'm doing my job is by podcast. This week we are going to talk about a story from Tamil Nadu. It's about heartbreak, loyalty, betrayal, a misunderstanding, really poor decision making, and revenge served warm and toasty rather than ice cold. So let's begin. Kannagi waited at home for her husband Kovalan to return. But just like every other day, it was a pointless wait. It hadn't been long since their wedding. But their marriage was already turning sour. It had started quite well actually. They had just returned from their honeymoon. They had snorkeled in the Andamans. shared a warm hot chocolate while riding a horse carriage through a park and brought lots of stuff from the souvenir stalls they got off the ship and kovalan carried his bride over the threshold of their home everything was still great as they settled into their domestic life they even tolerated each other's cooking and then the rift began and this happened at a poetry festival while one school of thought has it that poetry festivals are generally boring this one featured some of the most well-known tamil poets kanagi wasn't much of a poet but kovalan was he dazzled the crowd with one poem after another that he just composed on the fly and then there appeared a lady madhavi she was as much an expert at poetry as kovalan the two had a bit of a duel a poetry duel which finally ended in a tie and left each person deeply respectful of the other Kanagi should have seen this as the first sign of the trouble to come but she had a misplaced sense of faith in her husband the next evening when kovalan claimed that it was poker night with his buddies kanagi did not even suspect that he was sneaking off to visit madhavi but after a while when for the seventh evening in a row Kovalan asked her not to wait up for him. She suspected something might be up. She followed him one evening. When she found out that Madhavi's house had definitely not been hosting poker parties every night, her heart was broken. She prayed for a change in him, but day after day he continued to disappoint her. He would return home in the morning 
drunk, call into work sick, and sleep it off till the evening. And then he'd go to Madhavi again. If a routine like that makes you wonder how they were running the household, it's a really good question. Because very soon, they ran out of cash. At this point, normally you'd expect the wife to do something about an unfaithful husband. But Kanagi held on to her belief that there was still good in him. If you've seen the Star Wars movies, this may remind you of the Queen's faith in Darth Vader, even after he killed all those people. Finally, one day their life changed again. And just like last time, this happened at another poetry festival. Kanagi decided to sit this one out. And Kovalin went with Madhavi, of course. He said to her, Honey bunny, wait till you hear my poem. You'll love it. I was thinking of you when I wrote it. Pumpkin pie? Wait till you hear mine. It's about you as well, she replied. Madhavi recited her poem first. It was about a boy who had been unfaithful to the girl he loved. She definitely had Kovalin in mind when she wrote it, but the girl in the poem wasn't Madhavi. It was Kanagi that she had in mind. But Kovalin did not realize that. He quietly assumed that Madhavi was silently accusing him of having cheated on her. It's a little silly how the alternative explanation didn't pop into his head, but it just didn't. Maybe he should have been sober. Well, two can play at this game, he thought. He changed his own poem. He had written it about Madhavi, but now he changed it to be about a girl who hurt the boy she loved. And that broke poor Madhavi's heart. The rift between these two was suddenly so wide that Kovalan and Madhavi did not even look at each other anymore. At this point, Kovalan had no choice but to return home. He couldn't very well stay with one of his poker buddies, who didn't actually exist. And he couldn't possibly go to Madhavi's after what had happened. That alone should tell you that Kovalan and Madhavi's romance was doomed to fail. If a couple doesn't even talk out their differences to clear what might simply be a misunderstanding, they are very unlikely to be successful. Now, in a moment that may have us all collectively facepalming, Kannagi took Kovalan in. She completely believed Kovalan's claims that he was now reformed and he would never speak to Madhavi again. He said he would immerse himself into earning money for them. But it was now too late for them in this village. Weeks of partying without a steady income had left Kovalan bankrupt. His credit rating in the village 
was so low that they wouldn't even let him buy a cup of coffee on credit. The only way out was to start in a completely new place. How about Madurai? suggested Kovalan. It's well known for textiles, said Kanagi. You could buy some material and set up shop. I can help you make cloth. But we need some money to get us started. How do we buy the raw material and a loom? asked Kovalan. Now, if someone has lied to you every day and taken money from home and blown it all away on someone else, you might not want to immediately trust them with more. But Kanagi did. She revealed her backup of a backup plan. She took off an anklet and gave it to Kovalan to sell. It's pure gold with diamonds inside, she said. You should be able to fetch a pretty penny with this. Fantastic, said Kovalan, failing to notice the utter expression of loss on his wife's face. The anklet had held sentimental value to the girl. It had been her mother's. But Kanagi, if the diamonds are completely within the anklet and can't be seen, Will a prospective buyer even believe they are there? They will, Kovalan. Here's the certificate from the jewelers who made it. What's more, all of these diamonds are Kimberley process certified. No blood diamonds here. Kovalan agreed that that was probably enough to convince prospective buyers. They headed off towards Madurai the next morning and made it there in good time. Kandagi was optimistic. Yes, she had had lots of trouble with her husband. She had to deal with a lot of lies. And she knew that ultimately, Kovalan had returned to her only because he was annoyed with Madhavi, and not because he had remembered his vows to Kandagi. But she was willing to give their marriage another chance. Hers wasn't just a guarded optimism either. She was thrilled and she immersed herself into thinking positive thoughts about their new life together. Kovalan went off to the market to sell the anklet while Kanagi stayed at their new home, an abandoned little hut at the edge of the village. A few hours later, Kovalan returned with sacks of groceries and lots of material for their new venture. And a big smile on his face. I got a great deal for the anklet, he told Kanagi. I sold it to the royal jeweler himself. He paused and continued. It was funny how the jeweler kept asking me if it belonged to someone royal. I laughed it off by saying it belonged to my queen. Ha ha, oh. He stopped suddenly as a bunch of soldiers stormed into their hut. Are you the one who sold an anklet to the royal jeweler? Asked one of the soldiers. When Kovalan nodded, they arrested him and began reading him his rights.
Kovalin was told he had the right to remain silent. And he was silent, if only out of shock. What, 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 has, he, what has he even done? asked Carnegie. You'll have to take it up with the king, said the soldier. Believe me, I will, she said, and stormed off to the palace, just as she was. She wasn't very presentable at the moment, but Carnegie couldn't be bothered by all that. She had her priorities set right. She got to the palace, but had to wait in line for an audience with the king. After a few hours, when she finally had a chance, she jumped into the problem. What has my husband done? The minister who had a huge book open in front of him, scrolled down to the case and found Kovalin, here, got it, arrested today on charges of having stolen the Queen's anklet. The Queen's anklet? That was my anklet that he sold. Where is this anklet that he is said to have stolen? The article, Exhibit A, was immediately brought forward. Carnegie slipped off the anklet off of her other foot and held it up next to Exhibit A. They were identical. But then what about the Queen's anklet? asked the king. At this point, the Queen decided it would be wise to interject. I'm not missing an anklet, dear. She showed her ankles and there was an anklet on each. Oh my God, said the king. But, but, um, we can set this right, Carnegie. I'll make sure you and your husband are compensated. You needed seed money to set up your enterprise. I'll provide it. No harm, no foul. All water under the bridge and fault on both sides and all that. Okay, he asked. Carnegie didn't say anything. The king cleared his throat and ordered a guard to release Kovalin immediately and to bring him here. The guard asked, Do you want me to bring just his head? Or both the head and the body? That shocked everyone. But the punishment for the non-existent crime had already been carried out. Kovalin had been beheaded. Carnegie did not cry. She flew into a rage. She cursed the king and the city. Justice, you call this? I'd take Kafka any day. But for now, I'll make you pay. This city will perish and you, king, will become a dervish. Not bad, she thought to herself. Maybe she was getting the hang of this poetry thing that seemed to be all the rage these days. But there weren't any more poetry festivals in her future. Unable to bear the loss of her husband, Carnegie passed on as well. But her final moments were happy as she thought, 
she would soon be joining her husband in the afterlife. The city of Madurai did perish in a fire and the king died repentant. The queen probably deserves credit for reviving the textile industry by selling one of the unstolen anklets just as Kanagi had done. That's all for this episode. Some notes on the show. This story is part of a poem called Silapatikaram, written about 1500 years ago. It was written by a prince who became a monk. And no, I'm not referring to the Buddha. The name Silapatikaram means the story of an anklet. The anklet plays an important role. But frankly, I think it should have been called the story of Kannagi. She's the central character. There are many statues of Kannagi in Tamil Nadu. Check out some of the links in the show notes. The poem was composed during the time of the Chola dynasty. If you haven't heard about this dynasty, it is one of the longest ruling in world history having ruled for over 1,600 years. The king who ordered the execution was part of the Pandya dynasty. The poem has the young couple move from the Chola empire to the Pandya one. And there's a bit of a theme here of Chola justice contrasted with Pandya justice. The city of Madurai is a real one. It's well known for its Meenakshi temple. Meenakshi is an avatar of Parvati, whom we have encountered before on this podcast. We'll continue to do more stories of her. That's all I have for this week. In response to some of the feedback I've received, I'll be changing the format of the show a little bit. On the midweek episodes, we'll no longer be doing characters of the week. We'll instead do a story, so I don't sound as boring as a Wikipedia article. And this will be in effect from the very next midweek episode. This Wednesday night slash Thursday, we'll do a story from the Panchatantra. It's a story about building castles in the air and counting your chickens before they are hatched. If you have comments or suggestions, please leave a comment or a review on the site sfipodcast.com or tweet at sfipodcast. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook. Be sure to subscribe to the show to get notified automatically of new episodes. Thanks to all of you listeners for your continued support and your feedback. The music is from purpleplanet.com. That's purple dashplanet.com I'll see you next time